The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And uh, this is a, uh, one of those throwback shows, we call it, you know. Remember the times. I got one of my great, great friends I grew up with. And uh, actually, you know, uh, we grew up together, played, you know, high school ball together. And, you know, and like you say, you know, uh, somebody is a friend, like family member. But I'd like to introduce my guest, Keith Crowley. You that, Keith? What's up, Jim? <laughs> What's up, Keith, man? Good to have you on, man. Appreciate Good to you be taking here. time out, you know. Um, shit, let's just get right into it, you know, me and you, uh, we always go back and forth at it, you know, talking sports and, you know, our opinion on what, I want to just start off, you know, um, you know, we went to, you know, I'll be Shepard, um, you were a great player there, basketball, and you went on to play at, um, University of Loyola. Um, I want to ask this question that I want to lead up into something else, but, you know, playing at Shepard, you know, and, um, when you went to University of Loyola. How was the adjustment from when you went to Shepherd to Lyle? Let's start with like uh, practice and then talk about the games. It's different from high school to college. Oh, uh, yeah. You are more, especially with our coach. Well, you know, from high school, really it's a matter of, uh, I think, the coaches. Just depends on the coaching on the high school level to the college level. You know, the further you go up, comes a little more about you and how you practice or how you take care of yourself and, you know, you approach the game. But, you know, high school, and you know our coach, Ensminger, uh, who was very uh, uh, more of a fundamental kind of a coach and conditioning. That's all he thought of. And in actuality, I think when I look at my college in high school, it was like going from zero to 100 because my college coach, Gene Sullivan, was more of a, um, uh, he, he was kind of a, he was laid back. You had a very basic game plan, but he expected you to be, you know, mature enough to go in and do it. We go in, warm up, shoot around, get right into, like, your game plan, and you start playing. And that's that's how he felt you developed and how you got better by playing. Whereas in high school, Ensminger, uh, his philosophy was more of conditioning and fundamentals, which, you know, which is the base the basis of playing pretty much any sport. So, yeah, they were a little different. And then the adjustment, and, you know, that's on the court. You know, off the court is totally uh, different. You're out of your parents' house. You're stepping into a uh, your own personal – you're starting to form and shape what your life or lifestyle will be. 
and, and you know, ultimately who you will become or in various experiences you'll go through. But, uh, but yeah, but by playing, playing for two different coaches is two different types of fundamentals. Some guys probably have encountered very strict fundamental and uh, conditioning type coaches in high school, and it could happen in college also. But that was pretty much my experience. Well, you know, Keith, I want to really ask that question. We'll talk a little later about college, how you know these guys, or me and you talk about. But I want to start off with you with, like, you know, high school because, you know, sitting in those meetings, you know, day in and day out, you know, when we're going to a game, you know, uh, everybody was out for you. I mean, you were the best player. How did you, I mean, just maintain, I mean, and every day you went out there. And I know other teams, you know, how you do the scouting for, they say, we got to stop Keith, we got to stop Keith. You know, when we was in on me, I'm thinking, you know, how do you keep your cool and still walk there and score 35 and still, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, like the pressure, you know, what was the, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, well, the yeah, well, so, part, you know, I, I still think in like high school, especially, it doesn't matter like what level, I think you still, you still got to have a team, but we, you know, we had a good team. And then it's it's still the game plan too. You know they have a game plan. The opposing team has a game plan, but we had a game plan. And you know this from experience. It, it was never, uh, you know, no matter how we went out and played. I may have had a certain play at a certain time in the game, but that didn't mean I had all the plays. So which meant we still had balance. Mm-hmm. You took your shots when you had them. Our big men, uh, Dan Alsip or Clefman, whoever, Mike Shepard, or, you know, whatever guy at that particular, when they had their shots, they took them, you know. So it was still a balance and a good game plan. Yeah, if you, you're still focusing on me, or if you do focus on me, we still got other guys that score. And then, you know, it, it takes away a, a different kind of attention. So, And I like to think and even how I approach the game was just more of like, I'm still only going to take what they give me. You got three guys on me or two guys coming at me. There's no need for me to shoot or or try to go through anybody. If I'm just looking the court over, I got to have one or two other teammates that are open. So, you know, that that's how I approached it. I only really took what they gave me. And again, I had, I had teammates. We, you know, we had a pretty good team. I, I although I cannot remember, what did we lose? 3 games a uh, senior year. Two or yeah. three games, I think. Three or four games, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, we uh, only lost, what, two games, I think it was. Was it two? Man, okay. Yeah, two games, yeah. But that's what's yeah. amazing about me with you because, you know, we were on that team again. Like you say, everybody, and i seen, you know, I'm not, you know, because you're on my show, but you never forced a shot, you know, just because you was the man, you know. And I, like you say, you took what you got, and but and you, you know, passed the ball on other people, you know, and that's what... Right. And I see now in sports, Keith, and I know you see it, when you have somebody that's the man, they're taking all these shot crazy shots, and it's disrupting what you, you your plan was, right? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's funny, because uh, I know we've talked about it, you know, other people I've played with, and even people I see in the gym now, when I go in and play, we older, I'd say 35 and up, 40 and up, older we talk about, but I, I think that has to do with, the era or, you know, the era and type of players that we saw and we came up with. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, not that we came with him, but that's who we saw. And uh, Isaiah Thomas. And these guys were 
multi-dimensional players, passers, shooters, some of everything. Still big scores when they had to. Still made the key play, but they still relied on their teammates and team. Then you, you transition, let's say, out of that era, you start to hit another gear with Michael Jordan. I think Mike was a very uh, a, a very unselfish player to me. He took a lot of shots. Uh, people used to say, especially early on in his career, but the Bulls weren't that good early on. Mike could do everything. People, I think they kind of forgot that like Mike came from North Carolina. Very balanced system that you playing under. And um, so I think the people that came now, much later after Mike, they only saw Mike open up the door and these rewards of, you know, the money, the style of play, where it was, yeah, Mike walked off with 50, 60, 70, but it wasn't like Mike was going through players. They would still come down and run a play. And, again, it's a different era of playing. Mike had pretty good balance or mix of players. I'm playing with Mike, too. Heck, if Mike dropping Jays all day, I need right. to keep feeding him. So, but now I think you've got guys that kind of force the game to get their attention. I think, you know, obviously, everybody knows how great Jordan is. I think Jordan, just so much of his stuff was just, you know, it's just natural, a natural flow. You look at the stats, okay, wow, I know he was hot or he was killing. He had 60, but, hey, he shot 55% from the field, you know. And for a perimeter player, that's, that's killer. 55, 45% from the field, you know, he, he's dropping his jump shots and, and his free throws. But So I think it's different. Now you got the younger guys, I think they're fighting for the attention because of the money, of wanting the money. And then a lot of it is, you know, uh, kind of, again, I think something that Mike and players in that era set up of how this money is coming or how it comes, it's, Maybe a player is not proving themselves, or they don't understand the game, and and it, it eventually shows. And I think it shows, especially to us. And you know, maybe it'll show to the other other era of players as they come up too. But um, yeah, I think it's what you see. We we saw a lot of the you know multi talented, multifaceted players: pass, shoot, dribble, defense type teams and players. And I think this era now they're playing playing out what they saw in Jordan and how he did it, but not quite, I don't think they quite understood the total, uh, total package he had and, and, and how he played the game. Well, Keith, I, I got to ask you something. I'm going to ask you this. So me and you play together. Uh, well, you be honest with me, get on me and whatever, but, you know, I said I never quit my guests out there. I got to put you out there on this one. When we were playing in high school, you know, a lot of people say, like, with Cutler, a leader, and, you know, we knew you was our leader. You was the man. You helped everybody on the court. When somebody messed up, you never got in nobody's face. I didn't never see you like, you, blah, blah, blah. And, and you go and say, hey, Jim, man, next time when you Jim come down, the guy, you know, or clutch me, you know, hold the ball up for rebound. How did you maintain, I mean, be the great leader? You, and they say leaders are supposed to scream and give people faith, but you never did that. And you led our team in, you know, too. You know what? We were, you know. But you never scream at nobody, got nobody. Somebody did wrong. You're like, hey, man, you know, you know, hold the ball up, Clef, when you bring out for a rebound. You know, saying that, like, leaders don't have to be all in people's face. You know, keep them, 
You never uh, in my face. Never. Yeah, that's a to me, that's a uh that's kinda like that's a that's a that's a fallacy when they always talk about that uh and it's over overblown at getting in somebody's face. And I just remember even from my father how my parents talked to me. Yeah, they would scream a little bit. Never never get out of pocket when they gotta call you a million and one names because their thought philosophy was, all right, you know, I'm going to talk to you like you're a human, young man. I'll tell you one time if it's something you shouldn't do, you making me aware of something. So I think that just kind of translated over into sports. And I don't know if you remember when uh, we started out. It wasn't so bad then when I uh, – football, freshman year. and uh, But the coach there wasn't as bad. But I remember like sophomore year. Man, you you remember the coaches? They yelling and screaming, and yeah. And I just remember my father. I know he saw him do it to one kid, and he's like, "Hey, you just let a coach know he don't have to yell, scream, call your names, pull your helmet. You're not a farm animal, <laughs> you know. It's not like you, you know, some mule or something. But you know, you'll respond, and you'll get a better response. So yeah. basically, long story short, that's how I looked at it. Hey, if you're making a mistake and I see it, but hey. You and anybody else would do the same thing to me. If we call it a certain play, I'm turning around. I'm not looking. Hey, man, I'm open over here every time you get the ball in this spot or once we run this play. Oh, okay. So I need to respond. What what good is it to do, you know, to go off on somebody and cussing and screaming? Right. And a lot of guys might get a little nervous, a little timid. Because more than likely it's going to occur again and probably even in bigger stakes, in a bigger game. It'll occur again. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you'll respond differently and, you know, freak out or make the same mistake or do it on purpose. I don't know who, who this guy think he is, yelling and screaming at me in front of people. You know, my girlfriend just saw me. Yeah, I'm going to throw the ball away again. You never know, you know, how people respond to it. But I just respond to people the same way I'd want to want them to, to talk to me. Just, just, well, just tell me, you know, what you see or what mistake I made. Only makes right. you know everybody better in the in the long run. What we do, Ricky? We gotta take a quick break. We'll come back and match one more thing about high school. Then we gotta move on to college and get your thing. But I just want to say I appreciate it because I know a couple of times when I maybe turn the ball over or kind of you go, hey Jim, this is what you do. You know, you come down and you know just throw it down. You know, so hey, that that trickle over to a lot of you know like me, clapping and shouting. Well, man, appreciate that. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. I am a guest, Keith Carter. Still with me, Keith? Yes, sir. Keith, I want to... Um, Tell all the listeners, though, we, you know, uh, we had a hell of a senior year. Uh, one particular game I'd like you to talk about, you know, we was playing um, Argo, Argo yeah. High School, um, down Harlem. Real good school. They had a good team. I mean, they had two six-foot, I think, perches, and they had a guard, Griffin. But, I mean, you know, uh, we went into that game, Keith, and uh, at halftime, we were down 26 points. You remember that, Keith? How? Yeah, you went into the that. What were you thinking? And, like, you being a leader, what what was going through? And, you know, kind of put us through that, to listen to through that game, Keith. Well, man, as best I can remember and the times I know that uh, we've talked about it, you know, a couple of other teammates, uh, Marty Cleves was a year younger than us, a junior, who actually ended up sealing the game up for us uh, on some free throws. But, you know what? We we got a lot of hype about us. We had not lost uh, in conference. And um, I, you just remember, I don't know if if you remember, but I can, I can remember the energy at least at the halftime because I was in a bit of foul trouble and I ended up fouling out. But, again, this goes back to teammates and how teammates come through. Nobody freaked out, you know, I'm in – I mean, uh, that, that I was in any foul trouble, or even when I fouled out. But uh, actually, I do remember the energy at halftime, and we were all ticked off. That was a Friday night game. Everybody's waiting to see it. We go into their place, and we're, like, getting blown out. I mean, everybody's like, hey, this, these Astros uh not so good. Getting blown out. These are bums. You know, that's, that's, you know, we were getting harassed. Crazy, like by the uh, Argonauts fans, but on the flip side, we had a lot of energetic fans that were kind of blown away. You know that we were down by so much at halftime. But my point is, I just remember the energy of us being mad at ourselves, of like, how the heck are we gonna come in here and 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 be down to them? Not even make this competitive. That's that's what I remember. And then I just remember. I was talking about, hey, let's just start out by chipping away at it, which is what we did. Now, 
you might have to fill in the, your listeners to the rest of what happened. <laughs> but I do remember I, I ended up fouling out. Was it single or double overtime when we caught up? And but, you know, we ended up the, winning the game. The funny part about that is I fouled out too. Remember, I was out. Right. I think Clef and, like you say, Marty Cleavy, the other guy, I mean, in a pressure situation where he did to come back, and like I say, the other players too, the, the, just to keep us in the game and come back, and we ended up winning. I mean, and you have to tell them that the place was so crowded, packed. It was a sold-out game. Yep. You know. The pit, and, remember, it was like down. Yeah. Their gym. <laughs> you know. That, that. Yeah. Oh, what'd you say? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just saying, their gym was like that pit, remember? Yeah, it was like a it's pit. It's like you're down, the, if you think of like those old, uh, what they used to have like in Rome, in the Coliseums where you kind of sat down and the fans are up, so they down on you. And uh, you, you weren't called church names back then. There wasn't no polite <laughs> stuff being said. That was a game of all games. One of the kids down, I mean, yeah. and we came back because they was undefeated too. And everybody was exactly. that game, you know, two teams. In, you in know, exactly. And, and yeah, yeah, I remember that was supposed to, that was supposed to be our first loss. And um, uh, just so you're listening, so I don't forget this. Yeah, when we went into that double overtime, wasn't that game in, like, uh, late January or early February? And then we had to play them. We were getting towards the end of the season, actually, right? Yeah, right. Didn't we have to come back at home and play them, like, two or three weeks later? Yeah, we sure did. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, we blew them out. You know, it wasn't even close. After that game, they were beating up all our fans. Remember? That's right. That's and we right. had so like, oh yeah, this is, is going to be a game. I think we were done at halftime. Yeah. And it yeah. never got close. Everybody thought, you know, like, oh, it's going to be a flip. But I remember even then, it was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, keep the pressure on them. It was a wrap. We were done at, after the first half. Key, we we hit our peak then. That showed us that we was a team, didn't it? Not only we was a team with all the players. Remember that? That's that's exactly exactly my point. That's what like you're talking about. You know, there yeah, a lot of times other players could have thought like, oh man, I'm not gonna do this. I no comp. Everybody just felt like, come on, man, we can come back. Nobody felt like you know, you know, felt down or beholden because somebody else in foul trouble. Or uh, there were a lot of games we scored. Uh, we won, and then uh, my score could be uh, 15 or 18. Somebody else has come through. So that's exactly it. That's that's exactly what you want with a team. That's the only way, to me, that I can recall ever feeling good about any seasons. It's when you go off and lose. I might be mad at myself personally if I had 10 points. It's not because I didn't get the ball. It was probably the shots that I did miss, you know, when I had an opportunity to score. But if somebody else, I was always happy for somebody else, too. Fact is, we won. We walked off, you know, with a win. Keith, I don't know like if you we walked off with a loss. You, put, you went to the varsity when you were a sophomore player. But when I became a junior, I was on varsity. But I remember after games, and I know you remember this, some of the players on the team would go at the game, look at, get the stat book from the stat guy, see how many points they scored. Am I right, right. Keith? You're right. Right. <laughs> hey, 
That happens like, why in you school. About that you that happens in college. It used to happen in college. I, I mean, I really didn't care. I would see the stats. That was like last thing I would get. Sometimes I wouldn't see them later the day, later that evening, or the next day, because in my mind, at least, I would know, you know, kind of what happened or what I was looking for. It, it like where I thought, like, oh my God, college, for instance. So I'm handling the ball much more. Point guard. I would be looking at like my turnovers. Man, let me look at my turnovers. Okay, sometimes I look, oh, my God, I know they had to make a mistake. I got two turnovers. I'm sure I can remember three or four. Or sometimes I look and go, man, I got five turnovers. Sometimes you'll have one turnover, but it's when it happened. But that's usually what I look for in stats. But that's exactly what, what guys would go and look for was actually their points. You know, their points. I always, I always try to look for the defensive uh, rebounds. Because I did yeah, like rebounding as a guard, but I would look for the rebounds I, uh, that our, our team had, or I would look for turnovers I may have had, even even in the sense of steals, how I could have caused the turnovers, you know, different things like that. The points didn't matter as much, but definitely I always felt better. Food tastes better. Everybody says just a different feeling when you win. Right. Different feeling when you win the game. Well, let's move on to college. You went to the U.S. Lally, y'all had, I mean, Hey, great schools and all like that. Um, how is it, like you say, when we, you know, you go in the locker room and teams are down or the players, you know, I mean, we talk about it. Were they like off of the cell? I mean, they could score in the game and all like that, Keith? Yeah, it's, it's a little different when you're dealing with that because in college now, especially my first couple of years, well, you know, I got hurt in the middle of my first year in the 84 85 season, so I ended up having a red shirt. <clears throat> but for half the year I was there, and then like the following year, uh, if people can remember the NBA, the NBA used to be how many of rounds? I mean, they would just go until, you know, all the players were gone and invite everybody to camp. And then later on, I don't remember what year, maybe 86, 87, they, um, they, would, uh, they cut it down where it was only four or five rounds or what have you. But anyway, so, you know, you know, if you're a freshman, redshirt, a transfer, a sophomore coming in, and you got some seniors, you got some guys that's literally uh, looking at this like, if I don't go pro, it's bust. That, that's the mentality. Still exists today. It's always been there, you know. So, yes, you would have guys talking about stats. They need to score more. They need to get more. They know that this scout is in the stands or that scout's in the stands. So yeah, that, that definitely was me. I think it's just part of it. And not all, not all, not all of my teammates were like that every year. No, I had a lot of teammates that would had less talent or probably the least talented guys on the team. They were getting playing time. They just wanted to win. They just wanted to play positive team ball. You know, oh, let me make this pass. Let me dive on the floor for the few minutes I got. We had a lot of guys that were like that. Most most of the guys that I played with were like that. They just were more concerned about winning. But if you've got one or even more guys that's concerned about them, which we did have, and, you know, trying to move on. I, you know, back then you probably would think, ah, oh, they're selfish. Years later I can kind of understand it, you know, okay, or, or more. I'm a little subdued to it. It's you know, you just it's just a thing you deal with. You just have to kind of play around that. 
and play with a you know selfish person. But uh, yeah, college college could be even worse. And you know, I didn't get to the pro level, but I can only assume when you play for contract and endorsement year in and year out, that's even more. Uh, it can be even more dysfunctional or cutthroat. Right. So I think anytime you see a successful professional team in any sport, that's a big compliment to the organization, the coaches, the teams, because that means you've got, you either got a lot of talent that's playing together or a lot of average talent that's kind of playing together, but ultimately they're successful. Whatever the formula is, they're all on the same page and clicking with it. You know, every year, I don't care if it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, rugby, whatever it is, and you're winning at it, you, you got some people, you know, on one accord at a certain time. You ain't got to like each other. Right. You're doing something that you love to do and you love doing it together and you and you and you you know, you you're coming out thumbs up. That's a that's a that's a big plus. Like I said, I I don't care what sport on a professional level cuz now you are talking about money and people yeah. making more money than they've ever seen and for most of them probably more than they will ever make or see and they're trying to get it and still play, you know, within the team uh realm. Okay, this one we're gonna take it on the break. We'll come back. I have a, I gotta bring up something that you told me, and I know you gotta remember, but I want you to talk a little bit about. You'll be surprised. I remember what you told me, but okay, we'll be right back with my guest Keith Carter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. I hope loving that sports talk. And I have my guest, Keith Carter. You still with me, Keith? Yes, sir. But Keith, I gotta gotta bring up the story you told me. I, I just 
still amazes me because I know this player. I know this player when he was in the NBA. But you told me you was playing this team and this player from the start of the court to the end of the court was in a defensive position all the way up to form back. Mookie Blaylock. Remember that? Yeah. Remember you told me that story? I was amazed at the conditioning that they could be in. Keith, wasn't oh, Oklahoma? Man. <laughs> yeah, we played him our senior year. And uh, got to know him just a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, that that team had um, uh, Horace Grant's brothers, Harvey Grant, Stacey King. And, uh, oh, man, I cannot. I can see the guy's face. I, I feel bad because I knew him a little bit too. He had a, a shooting guard. But Mookie Blaylock, that was all that team, that, that uh, Danny Manning's team with Kansas. They went to the final uh, for that year, they finally beat them. I think Oklahoma had beaten them the last three or four times. Kansas went on to win it that that year, which was uh, eighty um, eighty nine. No, eighty eight. Sorry, they, they ended up beating them. I'm, I'm a little slow on my years because I think Michigan won it in eighty nine. Eighty nine, but yes, uh, the conditioning. I think Billy Tubbs was the coach at that time at Oklahoma. But yeah, that conditioning. I was the point guard, so I know Mookie was on me, and it was like nonstop. And they, uh, what I remember, they had uh, had a pretty good team, and they played all played pretty good fair amount of minutes. So, and like I said, I can't remember him being off the court too much, but I do remember every time I got the ball, like he was on me, and um, from one end, one end to the other just stayed down. And then whoever else they brought in would basically play the same way. But, uh, again, that's part of it, the fundamentals and conditioning. Yeah. I think in any sport, any individual player, it's in them. Um, but, yeah, that that is true with Mookie Blaylock. And if you can recall, I don't know how long he played in the pros, but it was a good stretch, maybe a good maybe seven to ten years. Very, very good player. Yeah. Well, and Wow, you know, you thought I forgot that. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yeah. He sure was. But that was a good team. Like I said, think of that. Um, heck, was it was it anybody else? The other guard is named Stacy something. But, I mean, Mookie Blaylock made pro, pro. Harvey Grant made pro. And Stacy King. And they were all first-round draft picks, as best I can remember. Yeah, they were. Oh, oh, first round draft pick. So that was a good team too. A lot of talent, deep. Yeah. So the condition is that's that color yet. Three is that color Kelly? Mm-hmm. Oh, Kelly, you are. Yes, I'm here. We lost you for a minute. Okay, I've I've been here, I've been waiting. <laughs> well, okay. my guest Keith Carter. Kelly, you have a question? Yeah, I do. Um, Keith. Now that the NCAA tournament is happening, I've often wondered, um, as a, a, a college player, did you practice or prepare for a game differently during the regular season versus a tournament? No. Although we got, uh, what do we have, one NCAA appearance, and um, no, the approach was not different. Really, Kelly, it's basically the same. And I think as a player, individuals, 
maybe even at, at your school, it's a different kind of vibe, maybe within you, but I don't, uh, the, the coaches won't change their game plan at, at how you prepare. Because if you think about it, if this is the way, this is what you've prepared for all season, you're not going to change it now because you've hit that stride where you are. You're going to go in, you're going to have your approach offensively to this team's defense. You are going to have your approach de- defensively to, to whatever opponent's offense. Now, you might tweak some things if you think you can get an edge on you know, whatever their weakness may be. But ultimately, overall, your preparation does not change and it should not change. Because now you're going to what? You're going to do something for four months and then all of a sudden you're going to the big dance and now you want to just totally change, you know, how you prepare. It should all lead up to that. It's just basically, you know, the same kind of prep routine up until you get there and you keep doing. Only thing kind of changes again, it becomes the energy, the hype and the energy at what you're displaying. You kind of kick to another another gear. You know, because you are you're putting that much more into it, because it is a, a you know a March Madness, an NCAA run, a NIT run, a bid or whatever it is. But you you're playing for something else. Well, now it's do or die. That makes it the difference right there. You're going home. You're not going to have you know the other school in another two days or three days. So keep the fundamentals the same, basically. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm. You should be doing the same. Your conditioning how you start your practice, how you end your practices. You know, sometimes, usually you should start out, you know, most teams with your meeting. This is what we're going to work on. This is what this team does. And then you typically go up on the floor, warm up, start to break that down. But definitely, you you, you keep it all the same. You keep it all the same. Okay. And and I think the Stacy person you were talking about was Stacy King? No, it was Stacy King. There was another guard. Oh, Mickey Blaylock oh, wow. was the point guard. What was the off guard name? I'm not mistaken. He was a lefty, but he could shoot. I can't think on that one. I, was, I, I just oh. knew Stacy King was playing back then. Yes, he was on that team. Oh. That's what I was telling. Stacy King, Harvey Grant, and Mookie Blaylock. Ah, okay. I can't. I can't remember. There was another forward. I can't remember his name. And uh, the the other the off guard. It was a, a lefty with a nice soft touch. He may have gotten drafted also. I don't know if he stuck, but, yeah, that was a team, that Oklahoma team we played. Yes. That, Oklahoma that, was uh, Danny Manning's championship year, which I think was 88, he finally beat them. I think they had lost to them three times that year. Two or yep. three times. No, twice, three times. They lost twice, I believe, in their conference. Then they made the conference championship. And then they got to the NCAA, and, and Manning, Third or fourth time, I guess, was the charm. Jayhawks ended up beating them. True, true. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks thank for the question. Right. Thank you, Kelly. And James, love the show. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye, Yeah, Keith, I, I know, uh, I remember that when you told me that, Keith. Yeah. That always yeah, stuck in my head with you. I'm like, man, just, I mean, I know... You know, I know the player Mookie, you know, I know you. I'm like, man, I should just see that right now, y'all, you know. It's going on. Oh, that's, that's something that you know you cherish, you know. You 
you just try playing in some of those games when you have those teams like that. Another good team was um, my senior year. Oh, man. I must be getting old. That's the Arizona team, John Elliott. We played them also. I may have told you about that. Sean Elliott uh, with Arizona. They had a tournament. They had a tournament there. It was, it was um, oh, my gosh, I can't remember everybody. I know it was Pittsburgh, Arizona, us, and I can't remember the other team. But we played um, Arizona the first night, and then we lost. And then, you know, it was like a little four-team type little tournament. But anyway, that Arizona team had uh, Kenny Lofton, baseball player, mm-hmm. Sean Elliott, Sean Rooks, Big six nine forward. Uh, oh my gosh! See, I'm, I'm I'm losing it. I just had the other two guys. I knew that team. It was a slender cat. He could jump out the gym. He he went pro also. He was about six seven, six eight. That was a good team. That was a, that was a pretty good team. Yeah, Arizona did have a good team that year. I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, most of, no, a couple of years even before. I mean they. Uh, always, uh, always held on. Pretty good, pretty good team out there in, out there in the desert. Pretty good. Good. Well, can't let's get out of here. We got another segment though. But can't let's get out of here talking about you know um, the Bulls. You're from Chicago. We from you know. I know a lot of people. I did a show last week. I had Reggie Slade on there. A lot of people talk about the Bulls. Um, first, let's start off with um, Derrick Rose, Keith. I mean, three injuries, three surgeries. Mentally, is it hard to come back for that? Physically, is it hard to? What do you think, Keith? Tell you personally, I've never been injured to that degree. The worst I've had, which 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 is cause of my freshman year of red shirting, I had um, an infection that sat in a. Hey, Letus, the set in on my bone, the, the bone of my foot, uh, one of the bones in my foot. So my injury like that, I bounced back from. Going under the knife, I could only just say what I think from a distance on it. I do think everybody's a little different at how they bounce back. Mm-hmm. I just think Derek has just been unlucky It's one part. I think maybe Derek, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I can't, just from what I'm observing, I think he's been hesitant the last few years, and I think maybe it is a little tough to bounce back. Because it's, it's, it's got to be an ego blow for him to keep getting hurt. You're talking about, man, kid was dynamic and Simeon, a uh, couple of championships, goes to college, championship, uh makes his appearance in, in NCAA uh, championship game, goes pro. So, you know, it's, he's got to be looking at nothing but the good. Okay, the first time, slight setback. And I think that injury, uh, I think that was that ACL, that was the probably could have been the more damaging. But I, I think he's had a little bit of a time coming back from that, that injury. But then to turn around and to have uh, – two surgeries for the meniscus. And I don't know if that's, if that's related to maybe that the body, because he's not a big player. He's not a big guy like bulk and heavy-wise. And, and bulk 
bulky or the strength wise um, in that regard when you look at a pro season is what I'm referring to. When you look at a pro season, and it, it could just be one of those bodies that could be wearing, and it's just these are some odd injuries for one person to keep having uh, so all back to back. So I'm sure it's doing something to him psychologically. Uh, tough part for him, I think, is probably to honestly just be focused and mentally strong, and you, he really has to ignore fans, even family. I think he's tight with his brothers, but I mean, so just just worry about itself. Just worry about itself and trying to stay healthy and be productive. And I think that's a little tough because I know the people from here. People just think, you know, like, oh, it's such an easy thing. Oh, he's got all the money now. He's just copping out. Go get the money. They're not that easy. That guy cares about earning that money. Got so much more career to give, you know, to give to the sport, and so much more to do. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's a, it's a blow to him, and hopefully he can he can balance it balance it all out and get back to playing confidently the way he wants to play. Okay, we okay. We go to the end of the show. Let's skip this break. But Keith, um, um, my thing is everybody was talking about the Bulls this year. You know, they're gonna be the team to be. They got um, Gasol from. The Lakers, you know, um, their role trying to play a season. And, but, excuse me, but Keith, look at it. You got problems with that team. I think, you know, look at um, Noah not playing. He, he's complaining about um, being shit in the fourth quarter, you know, and now he's starting to not get the playing time. You think that team is just up for grabs now because, I mean, you got a lot of players. You got Jimmy Butler, the star, and when he come back, you know, and, Everybody don't want to, you know, show what he's been doing when Rose is out. You think that team just they need another coach to get them together? Because it seems like the coach now has lost control. No, no, and no. You know I'm going to tell you that. The last few years, <laughs> the last few years, everyone, all oh, the Bulls can make a run. The Bulls can make a run. I thought they were terrible the last few years. That that one year they had the one bench, they called him a bench mob. I thought, to be honest, I mean, I don't want to say that that was garbage. That was a garbage term to give them. Go back and look at the Oklahoma City team from about three years ago. That was a bench. This team is a very good team. They're, they still got a lot of pieces. And let me tell you and, you, and you should know this from playing sports all your life, being on the pro level. When you can consistently win, uh, uh, be productive. Let me put it in this order. Be productive, be consistent, and win with injuries to your top players. I'm going to say with an S because they have all missed some games here and there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they will necessarily get to a championship without Derek because then that means somebody else has got to step up. Gasol has been there, but I don't know if he'll, he could carry a load as, a, as, a, a, as a, a leader straight through the playoffs. Butler's still developing. He's figuring things out or has figured things out. So as long as they stay on this balanced attack and this uh, balanced approach, I love what I see with them. Anytime you can put a bench, you can put the bench players in and they keep competing. You miss Noah. You miss Gasol. 
you miss Dunleavy, uh, you miss Butler, you miss Taj Gibson. These are all actual injuries. Hey, who else have I missed? Rose. And you're still up until last night. I think they were tied for third. They were tied for third with Toronto. I, at the start of this year, gave Cleveland the edge out of the East, but that was contingent upon how quick that that young team could kind of grow around LeBron and how he responded. They kind of lost a few points to me when they lost Varejao, but they could still get there, and they're still developing. But um, I I like Chicago and Cleveland, but I definitely like the – I definitely like the Chicago team, the way it's built now. I don't think the coach is losing it. I don't think he's losing control. I think he's experienced enough. Uh, Thibodeau has experienced enough as to how and when he wants to use his players. Only thing I would say, the biggest gripe I have with them is not from an offensive standpoint. It's from a defensive standpoint. They're very good, very talented, pretty athletic as far as I'm concerned. They just need to know that they need to kick it to to put the defensive work in every night. Outside of that, they'll be fine because they've got a lot of pieces. They got a lot of pieces. Man, they got a lot of pieces. Chief, I I got two more things. I want to get this in before I tie right now. But the first thing is, is, uh, I got a friend of mine. uh, He's from Oakland, big time Warrior fan. He just thinks Stephen Curry is just the answer in the Golden State. You know, they got a curl with their coaches. You know, I think they're an all-side shooting team. And if you live by the three, you die by it. What do you think with Stephen Curry and the Warriors, Keith? Oh, man. I love watching Stephen Curry. Came along a little younger than his dad, Dale. Um, but just judging Golden State <clears throat> until they make a couple of moves in the way of that style and structure, to me, my years of watching the NBA, it has never won a championship. Mm-hmm. So, basically, that outside format, if they get matched, someone's hot, they get matched. Or if a team like San Antonio did, like last year, played them outside, outside, then when they had to, <clears throat> they slowed it down and played half court. I just don't think they can do it. They can go deep. They go far. I don't think you win a championship with with that with that type of a team. I we could be proven wrong, but you know, I, I don't recall at least in the last twenty five, thirty years, I can't even even go back further. I don't know of uh that that outside oriented, kinda wide open type offense. And they're not bad defensively either, but their tempo is to go. And and that's uh, it's hard to play like that straight through the playoffs. I like them, but not to win it. Well, my second question is, before I uh, get that question, I want to, again, like I said, thank you, Keith, for being on. I was telling uh, Mom and Dad, you know, he's going to be on today. They listen to every show, but they was like okay. all excited. they like, you know, we ain't seen Keith, we miss Keith, you know. So you already know Mom and Dad have respect for you and love you like the son. You know, uh, so I'm going to go there the day after this, and I know they're going to be like, uh, keep this fun, you know, but 
appreciate hey, what I like to do. Hello, um, Mr. Mrs. Love. tournament, Lovely. have you on again and have Marty, if, you know, it's through the schedule. And we talk about it because I don't really watch college and analyze. So I know I call you about different things, but, you know, if that can work for you and Marty, I'd love to have you on again. If, you know, again, please. That that's that's no problem, no problem. We, we can get it work. Well, I like I to, to reach I like out to all my listeners out there. You know, uh, something about you that they don't know, and I think they need to know. Uh, we play a card game. It's called Tump. You know, five cards bill out, and uh, we gotta get to the lowest numbers of one win. And I know back in the days, I used to tear your butt up. You know, you yeah. kind of hated me for that. You know, tell a kind of listen that you know I'm the card king. You know. Hey, and if your if your listeners believe that, man, I, I, I got some I, I got some land, some swamp land. I like to sell this. You you remember you remember the format? You remember how you grew up? One of your one of your buddies from around the house told me how y'all learned to play. You could not become a good card player unless you've lost most of the time, and you agreed with him. You remember that. <laughs> well, this that's is off the table. Keith has hey, the best time we play. I haven't golf. lost enough, is what he said. You haven't yeah. lost enough to, to know how to win, no? Because the people that taught me taught me how to win from the get go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We had some good times, though, playing those cards, Keith. Oh, yeah. They don't want to bring those up. <laughs> That's right. Well, Keith, you had it in the show. Final four, four, four teams. You think I'll be in it? And uh, you had a team, and you think I'm gonna win it? Go ahead. You. you know what? I don't know if I can go. I've 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 gotten thrown off since Saturday and Sunday with some of the brackets. I have a hard time believing. And you know, I've told you this, and I, I'll say it again. I have a hard time believing that Kentucky, not a hard time. It's going to be tough for somebody to beat Kentucky, but I do think the coach, Calipari, can be out-strategized sometimes, but the problem is going to be able to have enough talent to match it. And also, just from a regional kind of standpoint, since Illinois didn't have anybody, Represent. Uh, I'm going to root for uh, Michigan and Tom Izzo. They're kind of close, somewhat, uh, to to us. So I, I'm going to root for Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Yeah, that's what we're going. But keep, like I said, man, just let me know again. I'll be talking to you. But love to have you on again, definitely. And I appreciate no you being for the day. I enjoyed doing it. Thanks a lot. Okay, you're welcome. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Oh, 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 oh,